0: obviously over the last week the discourse not only in sport but really everywhere has been obviously the the situation evolving in Ukraine at the moment uh with Russia's invasion um which has really been just a harrowing week in a bit it's it it continues to evolve and obviously as a result of all the sanctions happening and and the outcry from around the world sport gets brought into this. Obviously, Russia play a massive part in sport, not only in football, but you think about in the Olympics and many other different sports around the world. And uh, if we're going to bring it back to a football standpoint, Josh, um, in only about three weeks' time, Russia are in a World Cup qualifiers, the final round of European qualifiers. Um, And there's been a pushback from European nations saying they don't want to play the Russian national football team. Now, we know the Russian players obviously aren't involved in what's going on. They're, they are sort of the team that mm-hmm. represent the nation. Um, you know, they're not obviously the ones pushing what is happening over there. But there has been a big outcry, and we saw Poland's come out, the Czech Republic, and I think Sweden all saying, we, we're just not going to play and we refuse. We'll boycott the games. And it was left in the hands of FIFA. I think that's all we need to say about it. It's been left in the hands of FIFA. We saw the IOC come out and and condemn the actions. We saw all sorts of action taking place from Formula One, ATP. Every other organization was getting involved. It was all left with FIFA. And this morning they came out and they said that, no, well, these games are still going to go ahead. They're not going to play under the actual name of Russia. It'll be under a similar sort of way that the Russians competed in at the Olympic Games. They'll compete, I believe, as the Football Union of Russia,
1: Yes, indeed. So it will be the Football Union of Russia, or RFU, uh, will play at neutral venues without crowds, and the Russian national anthem and flag have been banned. So it's symbolism that's been Been dropped. Yeah,
0: but it's not a very heavy sanction at all. And as we mentioned, it's not the player's fault, but in the situations like this, you've got to take action, and FIFA really, really fumbled the bag here.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know they're in a difficult position, obviously, because it is a win, and you're in uh, World Cup qualifier, uh, so there's a lot on the line for these these nations. And with Poland being the team saying that they will boycott the game, you know, you dread the thought of Poland actually having to you know forfeit, and and Russia being awarded the default three nil victory or the football union of Russia, we should say, uh, because they can't compete under their own name under this, this decision. Uh, But FIFA are in a pretty tough position here because it's hard to uh, not be accused of hypocrisy Mm. given that the world cup, the last world cup only four years ago was held in Russia. So, you know, they were used as a political pawn by, by Vladimir Putin and, Gianni Infantino couldn't be more gushing in his praise mm. of Putin at the time as as a leader. There's a a video that emerged from the French locker room after they won the World Cup, and and Infantino, who seems to Suck up to every politician and every person in power. Um, you know, couldn't be more at the beck and call of of this guy. Doesn't really want anything to do with him. He's he's already extracted what he needed out of FIFA uh, in terms of political capital and at that tournament. And, and you think back to that those infamous images of uh, Infantino placating the the two dictators at the opening game with Saudi Arabia's leader on one side. You know, King. And uh, and Putin, Putin on the other, yeah. and as as goal after goal went in for the Russians, who were full of energy and full of beans. Quite curiously, uh, yes. at that tournament, <laughs> uh, you know he was sort of shrugging his hands and trying to, uh, you know, placate these these tyrannical leaders and um, FIFA. You know, are a morally corrupt organisation. We've known that for years and years, so this is not a surprise whatsoever. Mm. That they haven't taken stronger action. Uh, the statement says FIFA will continue its ongoing dialogue to determine any additional measures or sanctions, including a potential expulsion from competitions that shall be applied in the near future should the situation not be improving rapidly. I'm not sure what news mm. sources they're paying attention to, but it doesn't look like the situation is improving anytime soon. Yeah, so you know, I I just can't see. A situation where they wouldn't be forced into into stronger action by the by the pressure. So, so to come out with this limp um, statement that doesn't um, you know really do anything tangible to to strip uh, Russia of its prestige in international football, they could still end up at the World Cup at the end yeah. of the year. Um, it, it it does leave a sour taste. And you know, if FIFA's uh, policy on human rights means anything, I think they have to. They have to expel Russia from not only the World Cup qualifying, but from FIFA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we know that this isn't just going to end after this World Cup qualification campaign. It's going to seeper into the UEFA Nations League, into qualification for the Euros in 2024. It's going to keep going as long as there's tension in Eastern Europe at the moment. Um, as mentioned, Russia and not uh, only tension, yeah, but an outright At war, warfare, war, yeah, to yeah, absolutely, you know, this, and this, this, will get, this will get worse. You know, it, there's, there's no sugarcoating that. Yeah, and it's it's hard
1: to kind of get your head around and, and confront it, but that's what's happening right now this is an invasion. I don't think it's particularly particularly controversial mm. to say that. Yeah, um, you know, it's even if, even, war. even if even if uh, Putin likes to call it a special military operation, we all know what that's code for. So, I, I just uh, I I can't really uh, come up with a defense for FIFA here and I I don't care to. Um, What's been heartening in the world of football has been the response of not only some uh, Ukrainian players, but also even some Russian athletes around the world who've come out with anti-war statements. Uh, There's been a lot of crowd support for the Ukrainian players, uh, in particular at the Benfica game the other day, Mm -hmm. uh, where as soon as Yuremchuk was substituted on, Uh, The crowd gave him a standing ovation and started waving flags and so forth. Very emotional. Similar with uh,
0: Ruslan Malinovsky scoring on Friday as well. Um, And unveiling that shirt. Yep. Um, And obviously, we know with West Ham as well, Andrei Yamalenko has been, you know, he's taken some uh, obviously indefinite leave from the club Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. He's got family still in the Ukraine right now. Um, But looking ahead, Josh, at the moment, well, the Russian Football Union will be playing Poland's at least it's scheduled at the moment, on the 24th of March. And the winner of that game will then host Sweden or the Czech Republic. Um, and Ukraine, on the other hand, they actually have a World Cup qualifier of their own against Scotland um, in Scotland as well. So that will also be a bit of an interesting scenario to see how this all plays out in the coming weeks. Because if... FIFA do take action. Look at this now from a logistics standpoint because obviously with the draw and everything, you know, they ranked everyone else based off where they finished in their group, second-place finishers, and Russia had the fourth-best second-place finish. I don't know if it's as easy as going, all right, Russia sits out, you know, and you put Slovakia and you finish third in the group. You'd almost have to then rework the entire standings and push everyone up because Slovakia had less points than Sweden, Wales, and Turkey, and also... I think as well they had a worse goal difference than as well. Yeah, they had a worse goal difference than Poland. So they'd be the third worst ranked team. So it would push everyone up. It'd almost be forced into a redraw. Mm -hmm. So there's other logistics that have to be taken into account with this whole thing. So it's going to be a very interesting situation to see how FIFA handle this. I don't know how much, say... With this in terms of the draw and whether this will also affect wafer, but I can imagine it will as well, it's also going to affect UEFA beyond the World Cup too. So there's a lot of things still to play out. A real watch this space. and I believe by the time we come back next Monday, I wouldn't be surprised if this situation has evolved further.
1: Yeah, I think the simplest thing to do for uh, FIFA would be to expel the now Russian Football Union mm. uh, from the competition entirely and just progress Poland straight to the, the final yes. against either Sweden or uh, the Czech Republic. I mm. think that is the most sensible route to take, um, and it doesn't guarantee Poland a place at the World Cup no. either. Uh, but the just the thought of having Russia competing at a World Cup while this has been going on... At the end of the year, we're in Qatar, no less. It it would just be such a a clear indication of where the sport's moral compass is Mm. at the moment. And let's not forget, you know, UEFA aren't immune from criticism either when you look at, yes, um, you know, they've moved the Champions League final away from St. Petersburg, but they're still accepting €40 million a year in sponsorship from the Russian gas provider Gazprom. Mm. So... It's, it's These little symbolic actions have been taken, but when it actually hurts the bottom line or whether it actually puts this organisation in a position where they have to take a serious moral stand, you can see they, they shrink from it. Mm. It's, it's spineless, and it, it, it honestly, it disgusts me.
0: Well, the other bit of action that has been taken has been uh, Roman Abramovich has, I guess, stood down from day-to-day operations of Chelsea. He's still the owner of the club. He's passed it on to the Chelsea Trust. Um it's not, I think, like, as much as it is a big move, it really isn't. Like, when we look at this in, a, in another way, he's still in control of Chelsea. I don't think much has really changed in that sense other than the fact that he just doesn't have the day-to-day operations control the team, but he still pumps the money into the club.
1: It reminds me of that scene in The Simpsons where Mr Burns explains that the head of the power plant is actually Canary M Burns yes. and he can't be <laughs> legally prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. basically what it Literally. is. Literally, um, You know, uh, R- Roman Abramovich... Uh, you know, has a pretty shady past. Um, you know, the way his wealth was gathered. I don't think we need to go into a history lesson here. Mm. But he's also stepped away from the club for a long time in terms of managing the day-to-day yeah. operations. Yes, he's still ostensibly the man in charge, but I don't think it's a big deal considering that um, uh, that um uh, was was managing a lot of the stuff at the club already and making most of the uh, football decisions. Um, so, I I don't I don't see it as uh, particularly game changing for Chelsea. The question is whether Abramovich will continue to be able to pl- uh, plough money into the team, because you saw with Chelsea's transfer spend over the last few years, they've been insulated against the the pandemic because. Abramovich was able to just spend and spend and spend, uh, and they were also able to recoup a lot of money through player transfers and this massive loan network that they mm. have as well. Uh, so they were able to get around, uh, I guess, some of the financial fair, fair, fair play, play yeah. um, obstacles that way. Um, so I'm, uh, I, I don't think it'll it'll make a huge difference to them unless the the, the supply line is is cut off as a result of this and I'm not sure that's that's clear and I'm not sure that Chelsea would really suffer at this point because you know football has certainly moved on from the pandemic uh, and it got them through that difficult period uh, but where the club is at financially now I'm not sure if they need the owner backing anymore I think they've they've already Gone ahead of the curve with the, the transfers where no one else was spending. They they oh, yeah. went in, out and spent huge on on Kai Havertz, for example.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, spending $97.5 million on Romelu Lukaku as well, which has presented yeah. all sorts of problems since. But he's I really meant the summer before. Yeah, when yeah, snapped. when they went big. Well, you that know, was after the I transfer. I mean, Timo Werner as well. You yeah. Argued that that wasn't a particularly good use well, of that money. But Lukaku was the only signing they made as well mm. this summer. But you look back prior to that summer as well, you mentioned last season, they had the transfer ban as well. That was the famous year where they brought in. I guess all the youngsters, they got opportunities. Guys like Reese James and Fakaya Tamori, uh, Mason Mount, all those players as well, really got a lot of opportunities. Um, but it is going to be a real watch this space what happens in Russia over the next little bit to see, I guess, what happens with FIFA and how this f- impacts as well with, you know, the club competitions as well about these teams performing and playing in some of you Euro- in Europe's, uh, you know, domestic competitions, Champions League, Europa League, Conference League. Well, you've got the coach them- uh, yeah.
1: you know, Tuchel even says that it will change nothing in the day to day running yeah. of the club because um, the director who's name I was searching for before, Marina uh, Granovskaia uh, and Petr Cech are responsible for the, the decision making. Yeah. Um, so it's just the
0: finance stuff.
1: Abramovich, man. until this weekend, retained final sign-off on big decisions, including the future of the head coaches and player transfers. Uh, but you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily think this is a bad thing for Abramovich to move further away from the decision making because he's meddling in the past, when he first took over, mm. and he was very hands on, um, sacking coaches left, right, and centre, and signing, insisting on signing players like Shevchenko and Torres, didn't leave Chelsea in a good mm. position. So Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't really think it, it penalises Chelsea. The only thing that will is if. Um, Abramovich ends up getting his assets seized uh, in the UK, which is a life possibility. But yeah. considering he's, I think, technically a citizen of Portugal now, they might be a, that might be difficult <laughs> to Wouldn't legally accomplish.